We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Butting Heads Podcast on Rimstock Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. Johnny will be joining me momentarily, kind of. We actually recorded this podcast back-to-back with last week's episode, which was recorded two weeks ago. Uh, we're a little behind schedule, but yeah, this will be part two of our less need, less need trade recap. We're going to be recapping every trade the man's ever made as general manager of the St. Louis and now Los Angeles Rams. This week's podcast will be hit in on 2017 and 20 sorry 2016 and 2017 so we're going to talk about the Jared Goff trade and we're going to talk about the first year of the Sean McVay era we'll be back next week with probably the end of it 2018 2019 2020 we'll see if we can fit it in one podcast uh we will see what happens there was a lot of trades made in 2018 but uh we will let you guys we will get into it right now enjoy so now we're in Los Angeles. Jeff Fisher's still the coach. We haven't started the McVay era, and probably the 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 defining maybe trade of Les Need's career. Although I not, not defining, but the most important trade, and one that we will certainly still be talking about for years to come. The Rams trade. They want they, Nick Foles doesn't work out. They want a quarterback. They trade the fifteenth pick. In the 2016 draft, that was their first. The 43rd pick in the 2016 draft that they got in the Sam Bradford trade. The 45th pick, the 76th pick, a 2017 first, a 2017 third. Um, and they get the first pick, becoming Jared Goff, the 113th pick, and the 117th pick. Or, sorry, the 177th pick. So the players that ultimately end up becoming a part of this deal with other trades that happen uh, and the whole nine yards, <laughs> they get – here it is. I scrolled up for some reason, and I lost my spot. The Rams got Jared Goff, obviously. They also pick up Farrell Cooper, Mike Thomas, 
and Tamaric Hemingway, who is somehow still in the league. Uh, <laughs> the Titans, they get Jack Conklin, Derek Henry, Corey Davis, Johnu Smith, Austin Johnson, LaShawn Sims, and Kalen Reed. So, I mean, before we get to the Rams, we talked about how the the players the Rams got didn't really move the needle for the team in this trade, in that trade with RG3, and it didn't really give them the playoffs. This is certainly not the case for Tennessee. They got they nailed a lot of these picks. They didn't nail the Corey Davis pick, but he ultimately did play a big role on their team last year. But Conklin and Henry were home runs that changed the course of that team, changed their identity, uh, and really elevated them to a new level. Uh, in addition to Johnny Smith, who's really good for them, uh, Austin Johnson and LaShawn Sims were there for a while as well. <laughs> like, man, good for them. Uh, that was an absolute win for them. For us, though, I mean, Johnny, you want to start here, or you, or you want me to run through run through my thoughts on this? I will run. Th- <laughs> I will run through my thoughts. Um, Johnny, let, give me give me your thoughts on on this trade. So this uh, this was interesting because you basically, as Steve mentioned, the. Uh, <laughs> the Titans basically had the opposite situation of what the Rams got out of the RG3 trade. They ended up having some real freaking ballers in this in this trade. And then you look at cuz the Rams got some picks back as well, obviously not as much as as the Titans, but you know, you get your your guy, your ultimate guy in Jared Goff and Okay, great. That's that's your number one overall pick. But then you look at the supporting cast, you know, guys like Tameric Hemingway, who that guy was a project player all all the way around. Uh, sounds very familiar. No, I'm not gonna touch that right now. Um, then there was Pharaoh Cooper, who I'm not gonna lie. At the time, I really loved the move. Because Farrell Cooper was supposed to be the guy that was our new return specialist. To be fair, he had some productive year. Yeah, I think it was a year. All pro. Yeah. All pro in 2017 before there, he there uh, you go. lost us a playoff game. Um, not to cut you <laughs> off too much, but relative to where they were drafted, you can't complain that much. You can complain a little about Cooper, although like like he was really crucial on special teams during that year. Mike Thomas was like a six round pick and was here for like five years. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) complaining about that. It doesn't really factor all that much into my grade of this trade, but, uh, he was like, that was a fine pick. Yeah. Mike Thomas was the guy that we always speculated that was going to get cut and never did for like five years. Um, so all that being said, you know, these uh the supporting cast really didn't help that much so then you you get to Jared Goff now obviously the end point of Jared Goff's career with the Rams um she you know Jared Goff should have uh had a much better career than he did but regardless of what happened here 
the Rams made this move for a couple reasons. Number one, obviously, they wanted to upgrade their quarterback. So they they traded up to get Jared Goff. This was as much a marketing move, in my opinion, as it was a, a you know, uh, a necessary move because obviously your first year in Los Angeles, you want there to be a lot of um, anticipation. You want there a, a lot of them to be, um, you know, some kind of some kind of elation here because otherwise you're you're going in with very very limited expectations. So, again, like I said, this was more of a marketing move, in my opinion, than it was an actual necessity move. So, geez, I can't talk today. And um, so, in the end, um, I, I have to say that I, I liked that I liked their ambition here, but in terms of execution, um, it could have been better. In the end, I can't really fault them for doing this either because it was a shakeup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this a B-. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair thing because I do feel like they gave up an awful lot. And uh, they did get their guy, and uh, he did work out for a little while. He did get the Rams to the Super Bowl. So that is something to consider, but yeah, uh, B B minus I think is fair. I do think it's fair. I, I I gave it a B, and it's really tough to to grade because, like, the positives of this trade is yeah yeah I I agree that it pretty much was a marketing move. That also didn't really work out. Like I correct me if I'm wrong because you were there. Like the the Rams fans. Like, 2016, pretty much every game was not a true home game. Like, we we were not packing out the Coliseum that year with Rams fans. Uh, yeah, yes and no. There was uh, moments where it was a lot of other fans there. And uh, there were a lot of um, Ram fans on, like, especially the first couple of games. But then after that, it kind of fizzled out. So, yeah, you could say that for sure. Yeah, and not knocking any season dig holders that are there that had them in 2016. Like, night and day difference to me between 2016 and 2019 uh, and how our fans are showing out at least. <laughs> but, uh, like, with Goff, it, like, in a lot of ways, yeah, it worked out. He made two Pro Bowls. He was instrumental in the team improving under Sean McVay. Uh and yeah, like you said, he got us to the Super Bowl. He played incredible that year. It's the best quarterback season we've seen, arguably, since Warner and 01 on the Rams. Uh, unarguably, he was the best quarterback we've had since Bulger. Uh, and you can make a case he was more productive for us than Bulger was. Uh, so, like, yeah, in a lot of ways, it did work out. But you gave up so much, uh, so much to get a quarterback. And the players that like in the Texans, the Titans, home runs on those picks, and those guys are a lot of those guys are some of the better players in the NFL at their position right now. And and Goff's not here, and he's not here anymore. And he does take you to the Super Bowl. He does help you really elevate this team. But the last two years, he held back this team. 
and he's not here. And ultimately, you have to deal two additional firsts. In addition to what you gave, you, you for a guy that you gave up so much to get, you deal two firsts five years later to get a better quarterback than the guy you traded up for to be your franchise guy. And a thing similar to Bradford that really haunts me looking back on this trade is let's just say hypothetically here, Johnny, and you can't predict the future. Who knows what would have happened? But if they don't make this trade, and let's just say they make draft picks of guys that are good but don't make change, move the needle in 2016 when they went 4-12. and And let's just say for the sake of argument that if Case Keenum starts the whole year or they throw in Sean Mannion and see what they got, whatever, that they win maybe two more games. So they go 6-10 and 10 at best. You're still picking in the top 10. Let's say they picked in 8 in 2017. Let's just say they said, you know what? We're gonna, Case Keenum was okay last year. We have Sean Mannion. Maybe there's something there. And then after the season in 2017, they decide, okay, well, we need to draft a quarterback. If they picked eight in the 2017 draft, Johnny, do you know who was there? Uh, um, I'm trying to think, but uh, I, I think you're going to have to tell me this one. You would have had your choice between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Ouch. So, like, that that stings if they just didn't do this. And I, I don't think I – might, I might be thinking the heights of here. I don't think everyone was aligned in moving up in 2016. I don't think it was a universally accepted thing because, you know, I know me. I didn't love either of these quarterbacks coming out. Uh, I thought there were better prospects in previous years. Uh, I didn't think this was the strongest draft class to move up to number one to get a guy. Either of them, him or Wentz. <laughs> and the following year, uh, you could have picked eight and gotten Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. Um, now, that's all, you know, it's all hypotheticals. Do they make a Super Bowl without making this trade? I don't know. Do they hire Sean McVay without making this trade? Because, you know, he cited Jared Goff as the reason why he wanted to come here. Now, whether that was just coach speak or whether that was the truth, we'll probably never know what's true behind that. So in a lot of ways, and that's why I wouldn't go lower than a B because the dominoes from this trade led to a lot of positive things. But if you could guarantee that Sean McVay gets hired the following year and he gets to draft his quarterback and, you know, the stuff going on with Deshaun Watson aside, you know, what you got would have gotten from him for those four seasons or what you would have gotten from Patrick Mahomes for those four seasons I don't really want to think about it because it hurts me. Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, it, it's, it's again, hindsight here. You know, it, there's a lot of scenarios that could have happened maybe in an alternate universe where this actually ends up working out for the Rams, but Hey, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I, I think that in the end, I feel like the Rams, ended up with the best case scenario here because it did lead to uh, greener pastures. And we'll see at, we'll see later on that these grades end up getting a little bit higher yeah. because, because, you know, that then starts formulating a plan for the team. And while there are still some, some failed trade attempts, what one thing I will always say about less need is I'd rather him 
try to make this a better team than just kind of go through the motions. We've seen this with previous general managers. We see this with other general managers across the league where they will draft a high draft pick out of somebody, stick with them, and stick with them until they can no longer stick with them anymore. But whenever Les Snead or Sean McVay, for that matter, sees you know, something that doesn't work, they, they do something about it. And that I appreciate. You know, it may not always be something I agree with, but at least they're trying to make this a better team. That's something that you, you should get out of everything we're talking about here today. Yeah, and while, like, first round, like, high quarterback draft picks have gone a lot worse than this. Uh, like, look at the years that followed. Mitch Trubisky went two. It went worse. Sam Darnold went three. Went worse. Josh Rosen went 10. <laughs> don't, don't even need to, like, dignify that. Daniel Jones went six. Jury's still out. But, I mean, after two years, Jared Goff looked a heck of a lot better than he did. Oh, I, yeah. It's, you know, Jameis Winston, Mariota, Blake Bortles, EJ Manuel. I, there, lots of guys w- ha- went worse than Jared Goff. I mean, you could – RG3 went worse. Uh, a guy we already talked about on the show. So – it definitely could have been worse, but when you really look into everything, like you said, it was the best-case scenario. The best-case scenario, Johnny, is Jared Goff is still here and still playing well, uh, and that didn't happen, and that's why it kind of it kind of stinks. You know, if, if he was still playing like he was in 2018, he'd still be the quarterback. They would have never moved on. Uh, he made some – he wasn't perfect at the time, but his positives drastically outweighed his negatives, and now it's not the case, and we'll see, we'll see how the guy's career plays out, but – not here uh only other trade they made in 2016 is kind of tied to this one as well part of the deal uh they got the 113th pick in the deal they traded it to the bears and for 117 Farrell cooper and 206 mike thomas uh pick ended up being nick koyatoski quite koski i don't know how to pronounce that dude's name um I don't want like we don't need to spend a ton of time on this trade, but I actually gave it an A plus because you move back literally four spots and in the fourth round and you pick up another pick and you the other pick works out to a degree. Uh for being the two hundred sixth pick, I wouldn't call Mike Thomas a bust because he was on the team for what feels like thirty years. Um and Farrell Cooper did for a short time work out really well for us. I uh, yeah, you could have gotten a better pick at one player 117, but it's day three. This thing's a huge fucking crapshoot. You move back four spot, you pick you pick up two players, and they're both here for they both have somewhat some kind of impact on the team. Uh even though Thomas's wasn't that important, he was a special teamer here for like five years. Yeah, I I mean if nothing else, Mike Thomas was was amazing during uh during preseason. But uh, Farrell Cooper was actually very impactful for a short time. So, yeah, you, you can't – you really can't get that upset about either of these guys. I give it a B plus. You know, nothing – they didn't really get a long-term solution for either position. But, hey, you know, the, these are lower-round picks. You never know what's going to happen with these guys. And 
you know, hey, Farrah Cooper, as Steve mentioned earlier, was an all-pro, so that's pretty rare to find in, in the fourth round. Yeah, man. <laughs> it really is. And uh, really, re- like, huge in 2017 before uh, he, he shrunk, unfortunately, in the playoffs, uh, which is kind of sad because it really took away from all he accomplished that season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, 2017. So, obviously, between off-seasons, Jeff Fisher's fired. Lesney gets to hire his coach. He hires Sean McVay. The rest, as we know it, is history. But let's talk about the, the first couple trades that the the Sneed-McVay to end of made. There was a clear, clear change in philosophy of how this team operated. Uh, and it started to show up in the 2017 offseason. And before, once they realized they were good, it really started to show up uh, in 2018. But 2017, first trade they made, draft day. They trade. They have the 37th pick. They end up trading back. Uh, they trade 37 and 149 to move back seven spots for the 44th pick and the 91st pick. Uh, picks they traded. 37 ends up becoming Zay Jones is with Buffalo. Uh, 149 ends up becoming Demonte Kazee. We get 44. We take Gerald Everett and we get 91. We get John Johnson. Um, I give this trade an A, man. You look at you look at the players that went in between Zay Jones and Gerald Everett. Nobody, the only real game changer that went in those couple of picks in the second round was Dalvin Cook, who we were never we would have never taken at thirty seven. Um, and ultimately, you end up with the two best players in the deal, man. I mean, getting that ninety first pick and how much of a home run it was with John Johnson. It's really hard to complain. You could you could definitely do better than Everett. But you move back seven spots, you pick up another pick, and you nail the other pick. Uh, and the guy that goes at, you know, and there's no there's no real consequences from moving back from 37. I would imagine that they would have taken Gerald Everett there anyways if they didn't move back. So you move back, you get your guy. No real players that would have changed your franchise go in that range. And uh, then you get 91, you get John Johnson. I mean, it's a home run. It's an A. Would have loved if Gerald Everett worked out more, but John Johnson worked out and then some for the couple of years he was here. Yeah, for from a value standpoint, makes perfect sense. From uh, what what we ultimately got out of it, I think it was a slam dunk. I wasn't, you know, to be honest, when the 
Rams trade uh, when the Rams uh, ended up getting Gerald Everett, I wasn't the happiest because I just I didn't think it was that important of a need. But you know what, Gerald Everett still wasn't bad, and I, I still think he has a ton of potential despite you know kind of having somewhat disappointing years. But you know what, he was still productive, and then. Um, of course, John Johnson being the best player by far out of any of the guys involved here. And the Bills ultimately got a bust in Zay Jones. So, um, yeah, this was definitely an A+. No questions asked for me. Yeah, and I mean, there's guys like, like let's say, you know, Tyus Bowser goes 47. Like, maybe we would have rather had him, but I mean, nobody... It was it wasn't the, the most stacked second round of the draft for the next couple picks after forty four when we took Gerald Everett and you know Gerald Everett I wasn't like could have been better but definitely could have been worse. Leslie's had sure. way worse second round picks than him, so it worked out doing a set. And like we said, like John Johnson was a home run man. That guy's a baller. Uh, that was a great pick at ninety one, huge in the Super Bowl run, huge lot the two years after that when he was healthy. Uh, it's a, a great a great deal. The later in the draft, day three, fourth round, they have the 112th pick. They trade it to the Bears for the 117th pick and the 197th pick that got flipped in a later deal. 117 becomes Josh Reynolds. 112 to the Bears. They draft Eddie Jackson. I still give this a B plus because, like, what I literally just said about moving back four spots in day three and getting a guy that's productive with Farrell Cooper and Mike Thomas, you get Josh Reynolds. He is somewhat, he's, he's productive enough for a fourth round pick. Uh, so you're not too upset about that. The only reason it's not an A is because Eddie Jackson's way better. And I don't think we would have picked him, but still, like, I'm not going to sit here and say this was a home run trade when the guy that, when the pick that got traded in the fourth round was a much better player uh, than Josh Reynolds was. And the 197th pick, we end up trading a couple picks later to move up for Samson Ibukam, which we'll talk about next. So, I mean, it's 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 a B-plus to me. I, I'm not not going to sit here and cherry-pick it that hard because the player that went 112 was better. It's about the process. It was the right process. There were okay results. Yeah, I, I gave it the same B. Um, you know, the Josh Reynolds was a solid player. He ended up getting a big... Uh, big payday with the uh, he he ended up with the Bengals if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he did not get a big payday, but he's on the Titans, so you're over two on the Titans. Wow, okay. <laughs> he got like one year, I don't know, five mil. Hey, for Reynolds, that's a big payday. <laughs> uh, but you know that's uh, that uh, that's a prove it contract. Also, I think if he if he does well. Uh, with the Titans, who, you know, they they can never have too many weapons. I, I think he can earn himself an even bigger contract. So uh, I do think that Josh Reynolds is a solid guy, not somebody who will be you know, your number one or number two receiver. But uh, as a number three guy, I think this he's a slam dunk there. And, uh, you know, uh, for, for a while there, Josh Reynolds was somebody that uh, – could be reliable in a pinch. So, 
hey, I, I'm happy with the with the pick. Definitely not anywhere near as good as Eddie Jackson, but I, I can't complain either. Guy was a fourth round pick, B, I, I think all day. Yeah, right. And if it's like if it came out like yeah, they would have taken Eddie Jackson at one twelve. Uh, then yes, we will roast a pick to death. But like, I doubt, I doubt that was the case. Uh, next trade in this draft, they trade the 141st pick ends up becoming Chad Henson and the 197th pick that ends up becoming Jeremy Clark to the jets for Samson Ibukam, one twenty fifth. Uh, is an a, again, it's day three. You trade up, you give up some pretty much meaningless assets to move up a little bit and get the guy you want at Samson Ibukam. He worked out to an extent. He worked out for a fourth round pick. Not going to sit here and say he didn't work out for his draft capital. Uh, not sad to see him go either, but this is still an A because, look, you, you trade up to get somebody who ends up being productive uh, and <laughs> had some big moments in the Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean, there was that uh, the Samson Ibukam game against the Kansas City Chiefs, so um, that alone was worth it. I, I gave it a B. Um, you know, I, I still like the trade. Uh, not over the moon over it, but you know he he was he was serviceable for a little while, kind of disappeared towards the end, and uh, I mean he's somewhat got a payday again with the San Francisco Forty ers to be a backup. Yeah, yeah, he he, <laughs> yeah, had multiple years, some guaranteed money, good for him. Uh, he yeah. did, he did he got more payday than Ronald, at least. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the draft for this, and this is when things things got a little weird. Starting with, <laughs> I guess, this trade. They similar to what Les Snead did in 2012 with Jason Smith. Sean McVay comes in, sees Greg Robinson on the roster, goes, "Nope," and the Rams <laughs> trade Greg Robinson to the Lions for a 2018 six round pick. Ultimately, gets traded. Another trade actually ends up becoming Russell Gage which is kind of funny that it became a meaningful six-round pick, but with a different team. <laughs> I, I, I give it a C-plus, I guess. Like, wait, they, the, like I, I don't really know how to grade this one. Uh, Robinson had to go. They got something for him. Uh, they, they ended up making the pick. But at the same time, for a hot second, Greg Robinson was contributing on a different team. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but he had to go. He clearly had to go. I'm not going to give this thing anything higher than a C plus because like they still drafted the guy. I gave it a B minus actually. <laughs> the Good reason enough. why <laughs> the reason why I gave it a a B minus was because I didn't think we were going to get anything for Greg Robinson, and we actually got a six round pick for him. And that to me blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. He he was just not a very good player at all, and the fact that they got a six round pick out of him, uh, I mean, hey, I was all for it. Um, does that equate to the first round pick that they spent on him? No, but again, we're not grading based on that. We're grading on the player that the Rams actually had in 2017 as opposed to what they got. So they got a six-round pick out of it. I'm all for it. 
why not? B minus. Minus. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about this trade anymore. <laughs> so maybe the first, the first trade that really like was a culture shift, I guess, for the Rams. The Rams trade EJ Gaines in a 2018 second round pick that ends up becoming Duke Dawson for Sammy Watkins and a 2018 sixth round pick that ends up becoming Sebastian Joseph Day. So, hey, that <laughs> was a it was a meaningful pick. This this yeah, yeah go ahead. Ah, sorry, I was just so excited I had to jump in there. <laughs> I, you know the funny thing is I was. At the time, I was kind of iffy on the trade because I liked EJ Gaines a lot. Uh, I, I actually thought EJ Gaines was going to have a much better career than he had. I liked him too. But I, I liked him too, and like uh, with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> it was pretty much the end of his career after this trade. Pretty much, and I, I think injuries had a lot to do with it because Gaines could not stay healthy for the life of him. But, uh, yeah, in hindsight, clearly the Rams were the winners of this trade because Sammy Watkins, you know, he may have not worked out for the Rams too, too much, but he was still a contributor and would still become a factor later on in a trade, which we'll get to eventually. Um, and then, the to me, the big player out of this is Sebastian Joseph Day, who has been a solid contributor in all of this and, and couldn't have come at a better time. So, yeah, uh, you get two really, really solid players here and really only gave up EJ Gaines, who, like we mentioned, didn't have much of a career after this trade, and then a second-round pick who turned out to be Duke Dawson. Yeah, the, the Rams won. Well, I, I I think the Rams won. I wouldn't necessarily say the Bills lost, though, because if you really look into the fine print, they didn't make the Duke Dawson pick, obvious bust. They actually packaged that trade to move up to number They That was part of a package to move up five picks to number seven That's where right. they took Josh Allen. Um, and also, also, like, before I get into the Rams side of it, they are not losing sleep about trading Sammy Watkins. They are losing absolutely no sleep about it. They prob they they probably slept like a baby since making this trade, even though EJ Gaines didn't work out. Um, but in a vacuum, yeah, massive win for the Rams. And even though Sammy Watkins was only here for a year, I still give this an A, borderline A plus, for the obvious reason that um, it's about you get that six round pick and you nail it. Uh, and that doesn't happen often, with as we've talked about with a lot of these trades. This is clearly the best six-round pick we've touched on here in Sebastian Joseph Day, who ended up becoming a very, very valuable contributor to this team. But even with Sammy Watkins, man, it's it was an important moment for the team. It was a, really one of the first times where it felt like you know they were kind of going all in, uh, in a way. They They needed a receiver for so long. They needed that alpha receiver for so long. They never had it. And even and even though with the benefit of hindsight, they bring Cooper Cup and Robert Woods this offseason, and they both end up being home run acquisitions, uh, still here, still balling. But bringing in Sammy Watkins, 
you know, he, he truly he was a true one receiver at the time, or at least it felt like he was. And that that kind of set a tone for this team. And I think him being on the team, his gravity, you know, him, him being a deep threat, a red zone target, and a player that you always had to keep an eye on, you couldn't just like abandon because he was going to torch you. Uh, if I remember correctly, he ended up having like 600-something yards and eight touchdowns, uh, which is pretty lopsided uh, numbers for most receivers. Those are like tight end stats with the touchdowns. But I think having him opened up so much for in the offense for Goff, for Gurley, for Woods, and for Cup, uh, and it really helped unlock things in that, you know, he, as a player, maybe wasn't worth trading a second-round pick for, but I think it ultimately benefited the team so much as having him there and really like the offense just blossomed part a lot of it was obviously Sean McVay but Todd Gurley played the best football of his career after that point Jared Goff massive improvement from the year before and knowing what we know now Sean McVay you know the least caught up to him a little bit so I who knows if they would have had the same success without Watkins on the team that year I I give it an A and clearly, you know, that was a 2018 second-round pick. They didn't need it. They went to the Super Bowl. And I think they needed Dan Watkins more in 2017 than they needed that pick the next year. Uh, even though he was only here for a year, I still think it's an A. And obviously, Sebastian just a day. And what they gave up and what, like, with EJ Gaines and with that pick not really working out, uh, it's it's a clear, a clear win. Maybe the most underrated trade of Les Snead's tenure. I, I can agree to that. I, I think that you could make the argument that it was a very underrated trade. And, yeah, I, I gave it about the same grade. I said A-. minus. Um, truly have no regrets on this trade whatsoever. I, I'm all for it. I don't think anybody should look back on this trade, even though uh, Watkins' presence was not here for very long. it You know, you, you can't go back on this trade and not – think the Rams, you know, did bad in this trade. They did really, really well. And, yeah, uh, overall, very happy with it. Watkins left the Rams after the year, got a huge payday from the Chiefs. Didn't really work out, but also won a Super Bowl. So, hey, everyone won. Everyone won. Uh, last trade of 2017. Rams traded 2017 – or sorry, a 2018 seventh round pick that ended up becoming Greg Stroman for tight end Derek Carrier. Uh, I give it a C plus. He made the team. He caught like a, a handful of passes that year. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe brought some familiarity for Sean McVay from Washington. Sure, sure. No, no bad memories of Derek Carrier for me. I gave it a B, but for a slightly different reason. I gave it a B because I felt like, you know, this was around the time where you felt like coaching was becoming more and more part of these transactions, uh, especially because I don't know if Les Snead makes this trade if it's not for for Sean McVay. So um, it's, it's such a minor trade, but at the same time, it's kind of nice seeing, you know, uh, coaching and and uh, general manager kind of on the same page, e- even if it's for something as minute as this trade. 
And, uh, you know, again, giving up only a seventh-round pick for it, you know, I, I, I was all for it. B, I, I know it sounds like I'm celebrating over Derek Carrier, but at the same time, um, it, was just, it was just nice seeing that there was some kind of understanding between the front office and the coaching. So I, I think that's kind of a moral victory there. Yeah, that's up my grade to a B. You swayed me. That's great perspective. <laughs> nice. I can persuade Steve. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't, or a lesser rating if you didn't like the show, if you didn't like the show and you're here 38 minutes into the podcast, I will take it. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Superbrow, at JohnnyFabNut6, at TalkRams. What was your favorite trade less needs made? What was the worst trade he's made? Anything you disagree with, let us know there. And we'll be back next week with part three. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.